Welcome to Sports Rivals with Monty and Ernie, lively, entertaining banter on sports topics you want to hear. All right, everyone, welcome to the Sports Rivals. I'm Monty, that's Ernie, and together we're ready to talk the world of sports. Ernie, there's so much going on. There's the Major League Baseball playoffs. The NBA season has started. Mm -hmm. Of course, the NFL. But again, guys, before we start, we want to thank the Hawaii Sports Radio Network for including us as part of their Ohana. We look forward to building a tremendous show and following here for them. And again, we remind you, check them out every weekday morning, Kule and Alan on Wake Up in the Den from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. That's on 95.1 FM and AM 760 weekday mornings from 8 a.m to 9 a.m but ernie let's start first with the major league playoffs although as of last weekend i really could care less anymore with my dodgers out right but the surprises continue both the american league and the national league championship series ended today with the phillies winning in five four games to one four three today in game five to wrap it up and the Astros just literally completed the sweep of the Yankees, winning 6-5. So it's an Astro-Philly World, World Series. Yeah, and I got I to gotta apologize to the Phillies fan. I mean, a couple of podcasts ago, I said I'd be surprised, surprised if the Phillies won a game, you know. Against the Braves. <laughs> against the Braves. <laughs> now, they took them and they're headed to the World Series. So you know what? Phillies fans, I am on your side. I know that the Phillies are probably tremendous underdogs. I am rooting for the Phillies in this World Series. Although odds are that they won't, I'm still rooting for the Phillies. I think most of the country are going to be rooting for the Phillies <laughs> because the Astros, you know, you got to give credit to the Astros, though. Yes, they cheated against my Dodgers in 2017. <laughs> oh, that hurts. That hurt you. Yes, they cheated. But they've made it to the World Series in 2019. They made it last year in 2021. They lost to the Nationals in 2019. They lost to the Braves. Now can a third National League East team pull the upset and knock the Astros off? At this point, the Phillies, their offense is clicking. Their starting pitching is doing enough. Um, You really can't rule the Phillies out. I mean... Bryce Harper is playing like an absolute superstar, hit the game-winning two-run home run today to save it for them. And he called it. He he called it. He called it. He he was like Joe Namath from yesteryear, calling it out that that they're not going to lose. So good for Bryce Harper. I mean, yeah. I mean, a lot of talk today in Dodger Twitter fandom about man we really blew it we should have we should have signed him and not Mookie I'm not sure I would go that far over a 13-year contract but certainly right now Bryce Harper has stepped up and is carrying helping to carry the Phillies uh, into the championship so the World Series will start later on this week both teams should be well rested Both teams will have their pitching rotations exactly how they want it. The Astros do have the home field advantage Mm -hmm. since they had the better regular season record, but that has not stopped the Phillies so far in victories over the Cardinals, the Braves, and the Padres. So for all the Padres fans that were relishing in the Dodger defeat to the hands of the Padres, 
I'm so happy that you're not going to the World Series. <laughs> I am so happy you're oh, not sounds, going to the World sounds Series. Sounds like sour grapes. Absolutely, 100% sour grapes there. That is for sure. Um, but again, the World Series starts this week, so it's going to be exciting to see what happens there. But let's shift our gears to the NFL. was not a stressful weekend for me. My Rams are on break, but... Before we get into the Steeler game, I do want to talk a little bit about the 49ers and Chiefs. Mm -hmm. I think the biggest news of the week was the 49ers trading a second, third, fourth, and a future five to the Carolina Panthers for Christian McCaffrey. A lot of people think that that could be the final piece for making San Francisco the favorite in the NFC and I'm one of those people but you would not have guessed that today as Kansas City marched into San Francisco and put a 44-23 whooping on the Niners today shocking that against that defense that had Bosa back they were able to go for over 500 yards of offense Mm -hmm. Holmes went for well over 400 yards and three touchdowns. Um, your thoughts on that game and the McCaffrey trade? Yeah, well, uh, as far as the game is concerned, I, I kind of expected that. That's why I picked that uh, as one of my picks. Uh, thank you, Kansas City. You stopped the losing streak going from there. But they were just pissed off from last week. I think they knew that Buffalo was the team to be. That's their destiny. That's who they got to go through to get to the Super Bowl. They know that. Uh, and they just flex their muscles today. I mean, no matter what they saw on the other side, uh, like you said, they were hitting from all angles. Mahomes was, uh, you know, what was in the zone. Kelsey was in the zone. Man, that touchdown that he had right at the goal line, the, the tackler tried to jar the ball out of his hands, and he stood there like a statue. And that defender is probably going to be feeling it tomorrow as far as that hit is concerned because he, he took the brunt of it. But... Yeah, they hit on all cylinders. What does that mean for the San Francisco 49ers? I don't think that really curtails them from their destination of wanting to get to the Super Bowl. I think the you know the, the defensive players that they got back are just coming off of uh, rust uh, with the notification that McCaffrey is going to be joining in, in their staff. Maybe kind of took a lot of uh, some of the pressure off as far as today's game is concerned. Maybe they were looking ahead with him in the in you know in the scheme of things. So even though it was an ugly loss by the by the 49ers to the Chiefs today, I really don't think during this during this uh, season that'll really throw them off. I do expect the 49ers to reap benefits with McCaffrey in the backfield as yeah. long as he remains. That's a big if. And I I think that's the whole thing. With the San Francisco 49ers, I still believe when they are fully healthy, there's no one in the NFC and there's only one team, and that would be Buffalo in the entire NFL, that can stack that roster against the 49ers. Their defense, other than today, is just dominant at all three levels. Offensively, now you add McCaffrey to Jeff Wilson. Eli Mitchell will come back. You have Debo, Ayuk. You have Kittles that looks good. Um, that team is stacked. So it came down to the Rams or the 49ers for Christian McCaffrey. The Rams did not have a fourth-round pick to add on because we used our fourth-round pick last year to acquire Sony, uh, Sony Michel. So we didn't have that. 
And so the 49ers were willing to step up. Now, in this case, I'm not sure it's as much about they needed McCaffrey Mm. or did they just not want McCaffrey to go to the Rams. I think from a Rams perspective, I'm okay not having Christian McCaffrey. I don't believe the Rams are one player away. I don't believe he would be the difference maker. We got to take care of our offensive line or it doesn't matter. It could be Jim Brown in his prime and nothing would happen with the (laughs) offensive line the way they are uh, in L.A. But let's get to, again, gang, you're listening to Monty and Ernie. We are the sports rivals. Heartbreaking loss for the Steelers in a hard-fought game. Comes down to the wire. 16-10 loss at Miami. Your thoughts on that game, Ernie? Uh, I don't even want to relive it. I mean, the <laughs> it, it, it started off bad. It ended bad. Everything in the middle was okay. Uh, really big blitz by, my, uh, by the Miami Dolphins. Credit to Tua Tango-Vailoa for coming back. First game back after his, uh, you know, after his injury, you know, supposed concussion uh, protocol. I, I mean, he was hitting on all cylinders, very accurate passes. Uh, the yards after catches that the, his receivers were getting in the beginning, all up the middle. I mean, I didn't know why the Steelers defense did not adjust. They were getting everything up the middle and getting yaks after that. Uh, they, the only thing that they did wrong was they didn't convert. Uh, their field goals into touchdowns. They could have easily, easily, folks, have been up 21-0. Instead, they allow only one, the Steelers' defense only allow one touchdown. It's a 13-0 lead for the Dolphins. Steelers march in, uh, get a touchdown of their own, and then, uh, you know, carry uh, a 10-16 deficit Going into the fourth quarter, I think, folks, I think this one was just basically the difference of the Steelers' defense had opportunities to intercept Tango Vailoa. They dropped it three, maybe four times, and the Dolphins didn't. You know, when Kenny Pickett uh, was driving the Steelers down for supposed scores, uh, the Miami Dolphins just, you know, snatched life out of the Steelers' uh, hands and, you know, just ran out the clock. Uh, but very well-fought game for the Steelers. My concern for them going forward is this offense looks stagnant, although they do show uh, lots of lots of sparks in regards to the talent level that they have. Offensive coordinator Matt Canada is going to be hearing it from the Steelers fans this week. I mean, he hasn't shown anything last year. He blamed it on the offensive line. The offensive line, even though they're not great, they did they they provided enough protection. They're just not moving the ball. Uh, some of the play calling is questionable. We'll see how this fares out. But you know, one more week without T.J. Watt, then we got the break, and then we then we'll see where the Steelers' fortunes go from there. But uh, I'm still hurting Monty. I I can't, I can't imagine. I mean, it was a tough, hard-fought game. Kenny Pickett. See, here's the thing. I like the kid. He does seem to have that confidence. But you, you were, you know, we're Ernie and I were watching the game, and he, when Pickett threw the second to the last interception, not the one at the end zone at the very end of the game, Ernie was like, "That's two touchdowns and six interceptions." So now he has two touchdowns and seven, seven interceptions, which is so anti what Mike Tomlin as a defensive focus coach would want. Uh, I believe they should stick with with, uh, Kenny Pickett. I believe that they will stick with Kenny Pickett unless things go bad. 
But soon, if they start to fade and he starts turning the ball over too much, you're going to have those people to be like, as boring as Trubisky was, he beat the Bengals, he came on last week, he helped us win that game, he doesn't turn the ball over. You know, he's boring, he's mundane, he doesn't take chances, but he doesn't turn the ball over. I hope that doesn't happen. Let Pickett and and Najee and Muth and all those guys continue to develop together. They're like the Rams, though. That offensive line has got to get better. Yeah. You know, that offensive line has to get better. A little bit more room for Najee today. So it seems like they are improving a little bit. And Pickett had some time moving in the pocket. So I think it's going to be a positive thing for the Steelers going forward. But I, I hear you. They're now 2-5. and five. The Browns are 2-5. and five. Ravens and Bagels win today to go 4-3. and three. So they went from one game back to two games back. Certainly in today's NFL, they're not out of it by any stretch of the imagination. You know who else is not out of it? The New York Jets. They got lucky. Russell Wilson, I'm not even sure that would have mattered the way that he's played so far this year, but he sits out the game with a hamstring injury. The Jets lose some important pieces. Brees Hall went down. Vera Tucker went down. But they find a way again to win 16 to 9 to go to 5 and 2, just a half a game back behind the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, who would have thought? Who would have thought? But I really thought Zach Wilson played one of his better games today. I mean, the pass rush that was, uh, you know, when Chubb was was chasing shadows in the backfield, I mean, uh, you know, Zach Wilson was uh, making him look a little bit foolish out there when uh, he was putting on that pass rush. Uh, they played, you know, a, a normal Jets game. And I just think the lack of offense coming from Denver, you know, even without even when Russell Wilson was in there without him there, it's, you know, I expected nine points. Let's just say that I expected nine points from them. So, you know, kudos to the Jets. I mean, they're they're playing very well. Another team that we that kind of shocked me today is the Seattle Seahawks. What did you think about that game? I mean, they, they just keep winning. It is just remarkable. You know, I think everyone can agree that Robert Sala and Brian Dable from the Giants, who they too went down to Jacksonville, found a way to win, are probably in the lead for the coach of the year. But this has got to be Pete Carroll's best coaching job because everyone, including me, expected them to go 1-15, 1-16, trying to get the top pick in the draft. Lo and behold, their offense is clicking on all cylinders. Kenneth Walker looks like an absolute stud. 168 yards today and two touchdowns. Um, they did lose Metcalf, though. DK Metcalf mm-hmm. did go down with a knee injury, so hopefully that's not bad. They drafted two tackles, one in the first round, one in the second round. They both have hit... Big time, you know, Cross is the best left tackle, best tackle that was drafted so far this year. And the second round pick is solid. So they've improved their line. Their defense is making plays. I am shocked that the Seattle Seahawks are four and three on top of the NFC West. The Rams (laughs) are at three and three. The 49ers and the Cardinals are at three and four. Just shocking. Seahawks, Giants, Jets. The three most surprising, positively surprising teams so far for oh, me. De- oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, uh, <clears throat> I would have thought they would have been a combined five wins by all three of them at this at this point in the season. You know, and the the Seahawks by them. I mean, the Jets by themselves already at at five wins with the with the Seahawks uh, right behind them. 
uh, it, it's, it's, it just shows you that uh, the parity within the NFL, the NFL has done a tremendous job, in my opinion, on creating the parity within this league, which, again, makes it more exciting. As if, if you're a big better, I, I, mean, I don't know how excited you'd, you'd be right now at this point in time because it's tough picking those games. Uh, anybody, anybody can win at any time. Anybody can lose at any time. Uh, but kudos to all three of those teams for, you know, uh, doing a lot better than what, like you said, what most people expected. I think what's going to be critical, though, is we were kind of talking about this off the air in regards to the Detroit Lions. Um, when you have these teams that are up and coming, like the Jets, that are really young, that are drafting really well over the last couple of years, they don't typically have a lot of depth. So when you start to lose people like Brees Hall and Vera mm. Tucker, um, can they sustain that? So they're going to have a game against the Patriots next week. Patriots are a one-and-a-half-point favorite early on. Um, I hope so. I hope the Jets can continue to win with the Giants. Giants will travel to Seattle next week, so two of our surprise teams will go head-to-head. Yeah. Um, Daniel Jones has, is doing enough, and Saquon Barkley, as you alluded to off the air, definitely the comeback player of the year. Oh, He's yeah. having a fantastic awesome. season. Uh, and Daniel Jones is doing enough. I mean, it's a, it's a great story. So let's just recap quickly. AFC East, you still have Buffalo at 5-1. You have Miami at 4-3. We already talked about the Jets at 5-2, the Patriots at 3-3. Three three. In the North, we talked about the Ravens and Bengals at 4-3. Joe Burrow has really turned it around, went for almost 500 yards and four touchdowns. He was at 325 yards in the first half today. Oh, yeah. And then the Steelers uh, and the Browns at 2-5. In the South, quietly, the Titans are right back where they usually are, 4-2 after... Again, beating the Colts today. So they're at 4-2. and two. The Colts now are at 3-3-1. Three, three and one. The Texans are 1-4-1. One, and, one. and the Jags, once upon a time, they were 2-1. And, and the talk of the town, they've now lost four consecutive games to drop back to a more Jags-like 2-5. Yeah, although their losses have been, I mean, the one today to the Giants was right there on the goal line. That reminded me of the Rams Super Bowl back with Kurt Warner. Yeah, when we, ta- was, tackled, we tackled the Tennessee Titan yeah. right there at the one-yard line. And in the AFC West, you have the Chiefs at 5-2. and two. You have the Chargers after another disappointing performance to them today and another few injuries that, that they have. They're now at 4-3. and three. And the uh, the Raiders at two and four, and the Broncos at two and five. I know they are extremely disappointed with that. In the NFC, the NFC East continues to be the talk of the league. Six and zero Eagles, six and one Giants, five and two Cowboys, and even the Commanders after beating Green Bay are now three and four. So Ernie, last thing you know in the NFL, what are your thoughts on the? Green Bay Packers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, both three and four. Green Bay has now lost three games in a row, including mm-hmm. games to the Commanders, to the Jets, to the Giants. The Bucks go to Carolina today after they get rid of everybody, mm-hmm. and they lose 21-3. to Their offense is a mess. What is wrong with the two Hall of Famers, Rodgers, Brady, and their teams? Yeah, well, I don't know if you've seen those commercials with LeBron on ESPN against Father Time. (laughs) Well, in this case, LeBron beats Father Time in the commercials. But in this case, Father Time 
is winning. I, I, I think it's just it's just the part that, you know, Brady uh, is on the downside of his career. I really think, uh, and I alluded to it last week, I think when he went to Bob Kraft's wedding, I think that uh, took a lot of uh, respect from the locker room. When After he started yelling at his offensive linemen, uh, I thought that was maybe in bad choice of him to do that. You know when he when he's not flying up uh, to the game with the team, and for Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know what? He owes Devontae Adams a lot of dinners because man, Devontae Adams made that guy look like a, uh, and and he is he's a very talented quarterback, but he made him much more. I mean, you see how Aaron Rodgers is just he's not going for the long ball anymore. He has receivers open, but he's dumping the ball. You know, inside the in, inside a, a, a ten yard target when he has receivers open on the sideline, he's just not going for the long ball anymore. I, I just don't think he trusts his weapons out there, uh, and it just shows. I mean, the offense for both sides looked very putrid in the last couple of weeks for both teams. I mean, I've never I expected Brady uh, the way he acted last week against the Pittsburgh Steelers. To really blow up, he kind of kept his temper in control. I think he's come to the realization that you know what, uh, this is probably going to be my last season. Yeah, you know? I mean, he's had so much going on in his personal life, and and that shows. Now, the thing with that game though is that on the very first series, he has Mike Evans wide open, Drop. ten yards behind Drop. the defense, Drop. and Mike Evans drops a lock touchdown mm-hmm. and if you get that a minute into the game it changes the whole dynamic mm-hmm. confidence wise you just felt this gasp and I didn't think it would result in them not scoring the rest of the game um, but man shocking and they have the Ravens next week and Green Bay even worse they head to Buffalo yeah. next week those two teams could be staring at three and five fortunately other than the NFC East and those three teams Everyone else in the NFC is struggling right now at at or below 500. So even at three and four, three and five, they're not out of it by any stretch. But I did not expect to see what we're seeing out of Tampa Bay and Green Bay seven games in. Yeah, not at all. Not at all. But it does. It comes down to the quarterback (laughs) and how they make the other team, you know, the other players who who are with them better. Because that's what you got to do. I mean, they're they're two, two of the high profile quarterbacks. Two of the best-paid quarterbacks out there. Uh, if you're gonna take away quality of uh, you know players within your position because of the salary cap, it is your duty. It is your duty to make sure that the you know that the ensemble that you have out there uh, plays in symphony. Because if not, I mean, if you're playing high school band kind of stuff, squeaks here, squeaks there, it's not gonna happen. You need to make sure that you make the other players around you better and it's not happening on either side and this is the result yep i agree with you i definitely agree with you there so again this is monty and ernie we are the sports rivals we're going to get into our top five we always recap who we believe are the top five teams in the nfl i'm going to go first because there are no changes for me most of my top five were on by this week so they stay the same buffalo's one for me philadelphia's two kansas city off an impressive win over san francisco remains three i have the vikings at four and at five i had tied last week dallas 
Niners and the Giants. They both win today. They stay there. So the entire top five for me remains the same. How about you, Ernie? Mine is exactly the same as yours, except I have a switch. I have the Kansas City Chiefs, who I had number four, switch with the Minnesota Vikings. And I normally don't, uh, you know, uh, give the, a team that is on by uh, a penalty. Yeah, penalty, if you can call it that, because they did not play. But in this case, the Kansas City Chiefs did a number on the San Francisco 49ers. I, I, I just can't put them behind the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, especially with a, with a win like that. So exact same mirror as you, other than the fact that Buffalo is number two for me. I sh- Philadelphia is still undefeated. I can't put them, uh, you know, just the way that it played out early in the season where I had them ranked high. Uh, they're number one, Buffalo two, Kansas City three, and the, it follows yours, Minnesota and Dallas. So other than one and two, it's a mirror. Yeah, and then next week, your Steelers go to Philadelphia as 10.5-point underdog. So, gang, we told you last week it was a rough last two weeks for us. It was a 6-2 start for me. Then I lost four in a row. Last week, we went 0-4 between Ernie and I. We told you what our four picks were this week, and we hope that you took those picks <laughs> and you put your mortgage on it in a four-team parlay because we rolled this weekend uh, my cardinal pick on thursday they covered easily and then dallas today they covered uh over detroit ernie's kansas city pick over san francisco i asked him ernie you staying with this pick even after the mccaffrey trade he said i'm staying with this pick i know yeah. what i'm talking about yeah and he was absolutely <laughs> right and then the steelers Cover the spread uh, in the late game today. So we go 4-0. So chances are next week you shouldn't <laughs> roll our picks. <laughs> okay? But we're going to give it our best shot. Let me start with Ernie. Ernie, where are you going with your two picks for next week? I, I, I'm going with two big two, two big ones. You know, two, two big spreads over here. Uh, I just like the matchups, and I think that, uh, you know, if everything goes well, it hasn't been this year as far as NFL games concerned, but, you know, I got to like Chicago going to Dallas. Uh, Dallas, uh, even though that score today really didn't reflect the way that uh, I watched when I was watching the game, uh, you know, disparity in, in, in that score, I really think that Chicago is even in a worse position. Uh, I think Chicago uh, lack of offense there is going to play right into Dallas's hand. This is going to be the second week that Dak is has control of the offense. I think uh, you know that he takes you know he shows the Dak uh, uh, of of yesteryear and he just lights up Chicago, especially at home. Take Dallas plus ten. The second one is Green Bay going into Buffalo. If you watch. Uh, Aaron Rodgers uh, post-game interview today. You gotta like what he said in regards to, you know, what's wrong. He was pissed off, and he actually said that this is gonna be better for the team. Uh, I don't think he remembered that he was playing Buffalo the next week. Buffalo just continues to impress. I think that earlier loss in the season to the Indianapolis Colts actually lit a fire under them. I don't think they take anyone for granted I think that you know Green Bay really with Aaron Rodgers there uh, as a multiple time MVP really puts Allen uh, you know Allen will want to actually show him up 
you know, to to officially on national TV show the passing of the torch from Aaron Rodgers to Josh Allen. I think the Buffalo Bills roll. Take Buffalo ten and a half. Well, you, you and you have Buffalo coming off a bye too, so oh, yeah. two weeks to prepare for the oh, Packers. Yeah. So you got Buffalo laying the ten and a half over Green Bay. You have Dallas laying the ten points over Chicago. I was on Dallas today. I was happy at the results of that game, but you're right; it was much closer than the score indicated. Mm-hmm. And we, I forgot to mention this, but to me, the biggest mistake of the entire day was with <clears throat> Dallas up ten six. Screen pass, the Detroit tight end looked to clearly score, but the referee ruled that he was down at the one. All Detroit had to do was challenge, challenge. that, yeah, I saw and that, that would have been a touchdown. They I would have been that. up 13-10. Instead, they don't challenge it. On the very next play, they fumble the ball. The Dallas way. takes it from there, and Dallas goes on to roll with two more touchdowns. Yeah. So if that ball, if they challenge, it's 13-10, and maybe Dallas wins the game, but Dallas doesn't cover the spread, yeah. and we're not quite as impressive. So let me get into my two picks. I'm going to ride Ernie Steelers. They find a way, usually, other than that one game against Buffalo a couple of weeks back, they find a way to cover big spreads. I like the Steelers, despite the fact that the Eagles are coming off a bye. I like the Steelers, at worst, to backdoor this uh, this game as Philadelphia tends to give up leads in the second half. I like the Steelers to cover the 10 and a half against the Eagles. Maybe not win outright, but to keep it close enough to cover that spread. And as usual, as much as I am a Rams fan, and as much as this pains me to do it, (laughs) things always work out when the Rams play the 49ers. It is a bad, bad situation for the Rams. Yes, the Rams are on a bye, but the offensive line is still an absolute mess. San Francisco's getting healthy. Their defensive people came back. Christian McCaffrey is now there. And they just came off an embarrassing loss this week. A loss to the Falcons last week. They're now three and four. San Francisco, if San Francisco played the Rams, they'd be 16 and 0 or 16 and (laughs) 1 in the regular season year after year after year. The line opened up Rams minus two. It's now Rams plus two. I hope I'm wrong, but I expect the 49ers to roll the Rams again next week. Just like they did a few weeks ago, I expect the 49ers to win by 10-plus points. It's just what they do, especially with the Rams as beat up as they are. So, big spread Bills in Dallas for Ernie, underdog Steelers for me, and the 49ers over the Rams even if I hope that is not the case. Those are our picks for next week. So before we transition into the first week in the NBA, for all of our Hawaii listeners, especially those of you on Hawaii Sports Radio Network, again, we thank them for including us as part of their ohana. We have to talk University of Hawaii football. Yesterday at Colorado State, six and a half point dogs. They get out to a 13 to three lead at halftime. And the offense completely disappeared. Eventually, Colorado State wore them down with their running game, score a touchdown late mm-hmm. to knock off the Rainbow Warriors 17-13. to Your thoughts on that game? Yeah, I thought it was a good, valiant effort. I mean, I had, I had high hopes. It looked like, it really looked like altitude played a part, uh, you know, in that, in that second half. 
I don't know if they were really out of breath or anything like that, but it really looked like a tale of two halves where, you know, they scored uh, all their points in the first half, don't produce anything in the second half. Uh, I'll chalk that up to altitude, but still a good showing. Like you said, they, I mean, if, if you're into moral victories, they did beat the spread uh, in, in that particular game. I really think, uh, you know, over the last three weeks, you know, as far as the University of Hawaii is concerned, I, I think they, they're coming to find their identity. I think they're uh, a little bit more confident than they were, uh, you know, after the you know, beginning of the season. And I think as fans, I think we're all expecting them to do a lot better, you know, than we first anticipated. Mm-hmm. Uh, good things are going to happen. I mean, I think Timmy Chang has this team going in the right direction. He by no means has the firepower uh, uh, as far as players are concerned. And I'm not dogging these players. They're, they're giving 110%, you know, of their effort. And it, it, it shows. I mean, they're not supposed to be in some of these games. But the truth of the matter is, is that, uh, you know what, he is coaching them up to make this team uh, a lot better than anyone anticipated. And, th- and that's good for Timmy Chang. I anticipate that this team, like I said, in, in weeks prior to, to, be, uh, to be a contender, in, at least in this division. So, so good things will happen. Yeah, I mean, it's exciting. I mean, you talk about the talent deprivation that they have. If you just take a three guys, imagine if Chevin Cordero was still here as the quarterback. Day Day Hunter, the running back that transferred out uh, to Liberty University, who's now ranked in the top 25. Yesterday against BYU, he goes for 214 oh yards God. on 24 carries. Now has almost 900 yards rushing for them. Imagine the Parsons-Hunter backfield that we had last year again. And then Muasau, the linebacker for UCLA, is playing like a first-team all-pack 12 guy. These are just three examples of guys that are starring in other locations that left the program. But let's be honest. The Warriors are one minute away from being 3-0 and in the Mountain West. A last-second field goal to San Diego State after they had taken the lead there. Mm-hmm. And then a last-second touchdown after leading the entire game against Colorado State. They're now 1-2, but they're literally a minute away from being 3-0. and So I think it is encouraging. You can feel the excitement mm-hmm. in the fan base. It is not this gloom and doom. It is disappointment but it's disappointment exactly what you said for me when the rams lose it's disappointment in the fact that they lost in this case it's more disappointment for the coach for the players because you know that they're playing 110 percent they're giving it everything Mm -hmm. that they have and they're falling just a little bit short so you hurt for them right which i think is a good thing if you're building a fan base so tough loss for the rainbow warriors they're coming back home next week against the wyoming cowboys ten and a half point underdogs so far I like them to cover that spread and hopefully win a game outright. Other things happening in the world of sports, the Wahine win on Friday and Saturday in women's volleyball. They are now in first place in the Big West. Big victory last night over Santa Barbara in four sets. Also, you have the OIA football playoffs and the ILH. You're now looking at a Kahuku Mililani final next week as Mililani knocks off Campbell in a great game Friday night. Kahuku rose Kapolei last night. Those two will play. On the ILH side, no one's going to come close to Punahou. In the first round, St. Louis blows out 
uh, Kamehameha, who had a dreadful year this year. Um, now St. Louis has to beat Punahou twice to get to the state tournament. They're going to play the first time next week. It ain't going to happen. Punahou will roll them. It really, for all sakes and purposes, is looking like a Kahuku Punahou showdown for the state championship this year. That's what it's looking like. So, gang, that's the review of local sports. Now we're going to transition into what Ernie is super passionate about because his team has started off week one 3-0 as the Boston Celtics are off to a great start. At the same time, (laughs) my Los Angeles Lakers have started off (laughs) 0-3, including a heart-wrenching, you talk about disappointing, disappointing loss to Portland. Lakers up eight with a minute left. Find a way to lose the game again. But let's start first. Let's start with your Celtics because they're off to a great start. Tatum, Brown, the the team itself is shooting lights out. Yeah. Your early thoughts on the Celtics 3-0. Are you ready to call them the prohibitive favorite for the championship? No, I wouldn't say. I mean, it's it's New York jerk reactions (laughs) right now. It's week one. I do like their wins. I mean, they, they... they played the Philadelphia 76ers, the, the Miami Heat, and, and then uh, the Orlando Magic. Two of the three, uh, you know, of those three teams were, it were in the playoffs last year. So it, it does look very good. Uh, a lot of my inhibitions in regards to uh, this team were how were they going to react after the Ime Idoka fiasco. That seems to be answered. Joe Mazzula uh, is not... Ime Edoka. He's not coaching them like Ime Edoka. Ime Edoka never let the combination of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum be off that court. At least one of the two uh, were on the court at all times. There was probably one minute all of last season where both of them were not on the court. In this early season, he did it in two straight games where, you know, that uh, their second string was able to uh you know hold leads in those games uh he also doesn't call timeouts like Ime Doka I mean which is a little concerning because I was waiting for some uh whistles in some of those games but Joel Mazzula lets them play out so basically what I'm saying is the talent is still there Ime Doka is a good coach he got them to buy in. I think what Joe Mazzulla is doing right now is he was a widely uh, liked within the organization and within Boston Celtics media to, uh, to the point where they thought he was a better X and O guy than Ime Doka. And if it, this continues, I don't see them skipping a beat. With the implementation of Malcolm Brogdon in there, Sam Hauser coming off the bench as a wicked three-point shooter. And speaking of wicked three-point shooters, Grant Williams is sh- in three games is shooting lights out at like 71% of his threes. Uh, I'm not expecting all of this to happen, but here's, the, here's what's happening. The Boston Celtics, who are number one by far, by far in the NBA in defense, have allowed in three games... Uh, over 100 points, uh, over, almost 120 in one particular game. So if they ever get back to the, their defense back in order, 
I expect to see a lot of blowouts. I mean, they're they're off to a great start. I mean, it was there's no doubt about it. I mean, they're at three and zero. You have the Bucks at two and zero. Um, but on the negative side, the surprise, I believe you had Philadelphia winning the East, at least yeah. in the regular season. Yeah. They've started the year 0-3, yeah. including a horrible loss to the Spurs, who don't even want to win because they're looking <laughs> for the best pick. And they found a way to beat Philly in Philly. What's up with the Sixers? I have no idea. I mean, I really think what people are saying in Philadelphia is that James Harden, because he lost all that weight and he wants that second contract, because remember, folks, he he supposedly saved money this year, you know, taking out that contract extension. But what he did was basically take he got twenty eight million dollars more guaranteed. So he did nobody favors. So what he was doing was basically betting on himself with a player option in the second year so he can get that last big contract. So what I think what is happening is he's not letting Tyrese Maxey be Tyrese Maxey. And Tyrese Maxey is balling, folks. I mean, uh, that guy is super quick. He, I mean, he can shoot from the outside. He is basically a spark plug out there. And I don't think they're utilizing him as much. And I think that's playing into their losses. I mean, they had a close loss against the Milwaukee Bucks. I think the Bucks beat them by two, but... You know, the Celtics handily beat them on opening night. And like you said, uh, they lost to the Spurs. So something is uh, amiss because the Philadelphia 76ers, if they lose, they normally lose on the road, not at home. Yeah, they're they're not off to a great start. And it's not because of Embiid. And Harden statistically is doing good. And even Maxi, I mean, he's still averaging over 20 points. So they have their version of a big three. Um, but so far, it is just not working out. Other than that, I think there's not a whole lot of surprises. The Nets are one and one. The Cavs and the Hawks are two and one. Um, the Orlando Magic are 0-3. They still find a way to look, although Paulo Banchero looks to be the real deal. Is. I mean, he's, he's had a great start to the season. The first game, first person since LeBron James to go 25-5-5 in his first NBA game. Mm-hmm. He really, really looks good. Um, but other than that, Detroit is still Detroit. Indiana still Indiana. The Chicago Bulls don't look any better than they were last year. In fact, they look a little bit worse probably than than they did last year um looks good for your celtics it it does but it's still early like i said i don't want to be making any you know any prognostications until you know at least at the earliest after thanksgiving if not christmas i mean if, if i if i took that approach I would have said the Boston Celtics wouldn't even made the playoffs last year at this particular point in time. Well, they were twenty-five and twenty-six oh, yeah. or something yeah, they, last year oh, before yeah, they, they rolled. They were they were terrible. So uh, a lot of season. It's just the uh, first week of the NBA. I'm excited because my Steelers are are sucking win right now. I need a team that I could really root for. So I'm just glad that the NBA season has started. Yeah, so I don't think that there's anyone in the country more excited about the NBA right now than Ernie is. I mean, he is fired up about the NBA season. So, Ernie, in the West, shocking, Utah Jazz are 3-0. and 
That's another team that traded everybody on their roster that that they could get. They brought in a haul of draft picks and, and players that nobody else wanted, and yet they've started off 3-0. and Same with the Portland Trailblazers, who, again, they came back, beat the Lakers today. They knocked off the Phoenix Suns the other day. They look to be a solid team at 3-0. and and then everyone, everything else is kind of normal. Golden State lost to the Nuggets. They're 2-1. Phoenix goes to the Clippers land today, knocks off the, uh, the Clips by almost 20 points. They're at 2-1. The Pelicans lost to Utah today in a game where Zion and Ingram get knocked out oh. with injuries. But they're still 2-1. Um, you know, Minnesota's at 2-1. The Clippers are at 2-1. The Nuggets are at 2-1. And then Memphis is at two and one. Mm-hmm. So, and the Spurs are at two and one. That's not going to last. But everything else, Utah will drop at some point. Yeah. But everyone that I thought would be good in the in the West are at two and one right now. And I think it is kind of a crapshoot. I still believe in all is said and done, Golden State has the best deepest team. But it would not surprise me if one through eight is bunched up. For most of this year, yeah, I, I mean, I would say the same. I, to me, the wild card right now. I want to see how the LA Clippers, uh, you know, gel together. I mean, opening night they had Kawhi Leonard coming off the bench. I mean that that's not a good omen if you're an LA Clipper fan. I mean, so he came off the bench against the Lakers, right? right? And right. then he played 21 minutes, and then two days later he sits out the second game. So I guess he's not going to play back-to-back. Today, he comes back off the bench, plays another 20 minutes. Kawhi hasn't played in 17 months. If the guy cannot play more than 20 minutes a game and more than two games in a row, that spells problems for the Clippers in the long run because that's going to start to wear on his teammates. Mm -hmm. I got to think that if they're going to baby him that much, um, that's a mistake to me. It it is. I mean, because... You're gonna have to game plan. To me, you're gonna have to scheme around that, uh, getting more uh, other more dependable players, if if you want to call it that. Uh, you know, in the game plan, because Kawhi is a talent, but if he's not if he's not gonna be available, then it, it, it's it's kind of useless. That now you can just scheme against George. The other players that uh, you have on your roster, albeit they are very talented and they are very deep in my in my opinion. Uh, they're not expected to do that. So you have to get into this flow, this rhythm in, in, in the NBA game. Uh, they got to make a decision on regards to, in regards to Leonard. Uh, are they going to just keep it this way and, you know, ramp him up uh, during the second half of the season? Who knows? Maybe by that point, uh, they're a play-in team. And then, you know, you get a tougher first-round matchup. That's not going to bode well. But if I'm an L.A. Clippers fan... You know, I'm crossing my fingers right now. You know who else is crossing their fingers? Los Angeles Laker fans. <laughs> <laughs> They're crossing their fingers on a trade for Okay, Westbrook. so we're 0-3 right now. Now, losing at Golden State on the day they get their rings and they put up the banner, right. that's, a, that's not a bad loss. Then they have the Clippers. And arguably, the Clippers and Warriors could be the two best teams in the West. So to lose those two games, not too bad. They Defensively, they played well. Again, today's loss is heartbreaking because they had that game won. My frustration is twofold with the Lakers. The first thing is that they are the worst three-point shooting team in NBA history. 
And the biggest problem with that is they keep shooting three-pointers time after time. Gang, in the first two games, they were shooting under 20% from three-point range, yet they took 85 three-point shots in those two games. They went 9 for 40 against Golden State, and even worse, I believe it was 7 for 45 against the Clippers, where, check this out, gang. If you're a Lakers fan, you know the heartache. Russell Westbrook, Patrick Beverly, and Kendrick Nunn together went 1 for 25 from the field, (laughs) 0 for 16 from the three-point line. It is a travesty that they keep trying. And it's not like they're not getting good shots. These guys are open. They just can't shoot. But they keep doing it at this point in time. And I'm a big believer in Darvin Ham. And maybe at some point there will be a reckoning to be like, okay, we can't shoot. So we're going to pound the ball into AD. We're going to pound the ball into LeBron and be a mid-range type of game and stop shooting all of these three-point shots. And the guy who's taking all of the brunt of all of the criticism, again, is Russell Westbrook. And I actually feel sorry for the guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel sorry for the guy. How can you play? How can he have any confidence when every time he gets ready to take a shot, the whole arena, the crypto arena gasps like, <gasps> don't shoot. I mean, how can he function in that world? So Laker fans everywhere are clamoring for the Lakers to make a trade. And I want to just touch on this real quick and I'll turn it over to you, Ernie. Ernie and I were talking off the air. If trading Russell Westbrook would result in improving our three-point shooting, is it really worth making a trade? For example, the biggest trade bandied about is Buddy Hield and Miles Turner for Westbrook and two number one picks. The problem with that is, would Buddy Hield and Miles Turner really make the Lakers jump over all the other teams and make them a viable championship contender? No way. No way. No way does that do that because you know that at some point LeBron and AD are going to get hurt. They're going to have to miss some games. Maybe we still end up a eighth seed and in the first round we'd go out (laughs) you know so it's not been improved in long term my concern here is russell westbrook is on the last year of his deal if you bring in buddy heel you still have four more years of his contract at 30 million dollars a pop so it still puts the lakers financially strapped with lebron salary ad salary and then buddy heel salary that that would be the team that they would have to stick with next week too next year too To me, they're better off playing out the string, letting Russell Westbrook walk, free up that $48 million that he's being paid, that we can either go after a superstar or better yet, break that up into two $24 million players to secure a little bit more depth and and construct the team better around LeBron for his last couple of years and AD for his last couple of years. Because right now, the Lakers are not one player away from being a contender they are not even close to that so i would cut westbrook before i trade my two number one picks and bring in salary that we're gonna have to pay and absorb for the next three to four years to me that makes no sense at all we've got to get younger and the only way to get younger is to free up cap space and go after these young rookies like jordan Poole. he did get re-signed but those types of players that are going to be available around the nba so 
That is my vent part for the Lakers. It is so frustrating to watch them play. It's like today I tweet. If you guys follow us on Twitter, I tweeted that the definition of insanity is going to show a picture of the Los Angeles Lakers in the Webster's Dictionary tomorrow because they do the same thing over and over and over, and it's not working. That, by definition, is insanity. So... Okay. Rob, Rob, Deep breath. Rob Palinka, if you are listening, save Monty sanity. <laughs> Rob Palinka, if you're listening, I don't know why you still have a job. I mean, I really don't know. Guys, can you feel the different energy between Ernie's excitement and my passion non-excitement at this point in time? Anyway, Ernie, let's shift it to you. Closing thought, anything in particular you want to go over? Well, if, if, if you're going to bring up the L.A. Lakers, let me... Put my closing thought, and who do you think is going to be the biggest disappointment in the NBA? I mean, we, we, we've got a number, and, and let me just throw out three teams for you. We'll, we'll start with your Lakers. I'm going to throw in the New Jersey Nets, and I'm going to throw in who we talked about a little bit earlier, the Philadelphia 76ers. Well, I think for me, again, I think expectation, disappointment is relative to expectation. Right. I don't have high expectations for the Lakers, and I don't know too many people that are not delusional that do. So I would think the Lakers are out. Um, The Brooklyn Nets, I think there are expectations for them because of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, but I think there's also a tremendous amount of questions. Will the chemistry work? Will they stay healthy? Will Kyrie lose his mind if the election doesn't go a certain way in a couple of weeks? weeks. Um, so for me, the biggest disappointment would be the 76ers. I think James Harden lost a lot of weight. He sacrificed some salary, whether it be for his long-term benefit or not. It allowed them to bring in P.J. Tucker. They have a nice team. Tyrese Maxey is an emerging star. Joel Embiid is one of the five best players in the NBA. So you have a motivated, in-shape Harden. You have a superstar in Embiid, a rising all-star caliber player in Tyrese Maxey. Role pieces in in Tobias Harris, P.J. Tucker, and Thibault. The Sixers at 0-3, I think they're going to turn it around. But if this continues, for me, they would be the biggest disappointment of the three. Okay, so if we go by expectations according to what the national public takes a look at, I mean, let's go based upon over-under. According to Vegas, the LA Lakers are coming in at 45 and a half games. So that's what their over-under is right now. The new, uh, the Brooklyn, New Jersey, I keep on saying New Jersey, the Brooklyn Nets are coming out at 55 and a half over under. I don't know how they got that number, but 55 and a half. And the Philadelphia 76ers are 50 and a half. As far as chances to win the, the NBA championship in 2023, the Nets are, fa- are the third favorite in the entire NBA to win the championships. The Philadelphia 76ers are the eighth best chance at this point to win the NBA championship. And the LA Lakers are right around the middle. They're they're at number 12 to win the NBA championship. So in my opinion, on all these teams, I wouldn't choose. I mean, I I see where you're coming from, the Philadelphia, Philadelphia 76ers. I'm choosing the Brooklyn Nets. I don't see how in the hell they're gonna get 55 and a half games. I don't know how they're gonna be Going into the playoffs, the third favorite team to win the NBA championship. I, I mean, how are you? I don't even think you're the, the the Brooklyn Nets are the third best team in the East, let alone uh, in the whole NBA to win the championship. I really think the, you know, the people out there uh, are just looking at 
talent and talent alone. They're, they're not looking at the sum of all parts. They're looking at the individual pieces. And yes, Kevin Durant is a exceptional talent. Kyrie Irving is an exceptional talent. Ben Simmons, at one point in his career, was an <clears throat> exceptional talent. They're getting uh, Joe Harris back. He's an exceptional talent. But the sum of the parts does not equal, is, not, is, is less than the individual pieces, especially when you're calling out your old teammates right now. And that's what Kyrie Irving is doing. I mean, he's calling out Ben Simmons right now. He's calling him out just, just because he fouled out of the game. Uh, look in the mirror, Kyrie. You didn't show up for a lot of games last year, and you're, you're, you're already blaming your own teammate for falling out in one game. Why don't you make yourself available out there? You're right in regards to the LA Lakers. I mean, I think they're going to get to 45 and a half. Some reason, I just believe in Darvin Ham. He's going to feel his way out of this. LeBron and AD are too good of a duo. I think they can carry that Laker team to 40 and a half games. I think they're going to stop shooting threes. I think they're going to do exactly what you're going to, they're going to be. They're going to play great defense because they, they brought in Beverly and all those other pieces. They're going to start playing good defense and pounding it in. And they'll, they'll, they'll get at least close to 45 and a half. I still believe in the Philadelphia 76ers. They just have too much to prove. I think if, I think if Doc Rivers doesn't, win this year I think he's out so that's going to pr- probably motivate him uh, James Harden again he has a player option next year that's going to motivate him Embiid's going to want to win the MV- a- a- MVP he's putting up the numbers like, even though they're 0-3 he is putting up big numbers at least in the first three games and Tyrese Maxey is I'm telling you right now Tyrese Maxey is the second best player on that Philadelphia squad they just got to they just got to put him in the places to succeed. I think if they do that, I think Philadelphia uh, can get to 50 and a half. I don't see how the Nets get to 50. I just don't see. So that is just my thought of the week. As far as biggest disappointment out of those three teams, Nets, hands down. See, I get it from that perspective. Have you ever heard the saying, though, that if you've been to Vegas, there's a saying that those casinos don't build themselves. So those... <laughs> Those are casinos are built with people betting and losing money. So right. what you what you put out is all the odds, and we know that the odds go against the biggest names and the biggest teams. That's how those casinos are built. They're suckering people in to to buy into Durant and Kyrie and the Lakers for that matter. They're shortchanging Embiid and Harden. Uh, so from from your perspective, wins in the regular season relative to their projected um, winning numbers, I completely agree with you. I don't think there's any way the Nets get to 55 wins. And I think the team most likely to hit their number is the 76ers. They should get to 50 to 55 wins. They're more likely to get to 55 than the Nets are to me. I just think when it comes to the playoff and the disappointment, or if this continues, they would be a a bigger story. But you're right. You're absolutely right. I don't see the Nets winning 55 games or even 50 for that matter. And I don't see my Lakers winning 45, (laughs) unfortunately. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Anything else you want to cover? 
I am good. So, gang, tell us what you think on everything. We'd love to see what your top five is in the NFL. If you have best bets that you want to share, share that with us as well. Your thoughts on disappointing NBA teams. Social media, Sports Rivals Podcast on IG and Facebook, Sports Rivals Pod on Twitter. We'd love to hear from you. And again, we encourage you to listen. Weekday mornings from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Wake up in the den with Kule and Alan Mia in the mornings. They will set you up. Don't forget OIA Sports, OIA Playoffs coming up, OIA Sports, USC Football, Dallas Cowboy Football, and unfortunately, Los Angeles Clipper Basketball. (laughs) But until next time, the sports rivals are out. Thank you for joining us on the Sports Rivals Podcast. Check us out on social media at Sports Rivals Podcasts on Instagram and at Sports Rivals Pod on Twitter, where you can share topics you'd like to hear. Thank you.